Welcome to the Kerry Football Podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to episode one. We really appreciate your support. Coming up in episode two, I'll be joined once again by former Kerry footballers Barry John Keane and Sean O'Sullivan. I'll be getting the lads' thoughts on Kerry's opening round defeat to Donegal and we'll also be previewing Sunday's match against Monaghan. If you can support the podcast in any way, it would be greatly appreciated. Follow the link in the description to make a donation. Your support will help us keep the show on the road throughout the intercounty season. Sean O'Sullivan and Barry John Keane, you're very welcome back to the Kerry Football Podcast. Thanks for joining me again. It's great to have intercounty football back. Sean, did you enjoy the action over the weekend? I did, Adam. Yeah, absolutely. It was great to have it back. Uh, I suppose it all kicked off in Croke Park on on, uh, on Saturday evening. Well, the televised game anyway between Dublin and Kildare. thought that was poor enough fair, to be honest. Um, I think Kildare will probably be kicking themselves. They had a great opportunity to beat Dublin, you know, in Croke Park. They haven't beaten them in a long time. Um, and I just thought Dublin, you know, weren't at their best. Um, obviously, look, it's early days. But I think Kildare will probably rue that chance of getting one up over, over Dublin. Um, then at half past seven and on Saturday evening, Mayo and Galway served up a cracking game. I really thought, geez, this is great. You know, football is back now. Super, super game above in Castlebar. Typical Mayo, really frantic. Uh, left it till the, the last kick of the game to get a draw out of it. A great score by Rhino Dunho. But I just thought it was real, real good fair now for, for an early for a start of the league, you know. Um, some very, very good players on show played at a good pace. And then obviously into Sunday then with ourselves up in Donegal. Yeah, I uh, know we'll get into it, but um, yeah, disappointing that we didn't come away with at least a point. Um, but overall, it was a great, great feast of football uh, over the weekend. And uh, yeah, we're off and running and it's great to have it back. Yeah, as you said, we'll touch on the Donegal game uh, a little bit later. But um, Barry John, big news again uh, today with the Glenn and Kilmacud saga that rumbles on. Um, now it looks like it's in Kilmacud's court whether or not they're going to play the match. What do you think they'll do? Uh, once the pressure's put on, I suppose they'll have to make a decision. It's been kind of up in the air the last few weeks. Um, probably unfair on both teams. Um, the GA probably have to come in now and make a decision, which they have. Um, there's things going around that a few players are away. I see Shane Walsh is away in Dubai or somewhere. Um, so getting the game fixed will probably, they'll have to if they'll have to work around both teams. I see the Glen boys were playing the weekend, so they were moving on. As in just getting back into it. Um, I'm not sure, not many of the Dublin players featured. I'm not sure there's many of them with the Dublin squad, but you'll be looking at it. Could be pushed back out to two or three weeks if they do go ahead, but I didn't accept it to give um, give teams maybe a chance to go back training with their clubs. Yeah, Sean, like people are seem, seem to think now that Kilmacud might actually just decide not to play and hand the cup back and give it to Glenn. I mean, that would be a bit of a farce if that happened. Yeah, it's a mess, Adam. It's a mess overall, really. I mean, like we're here now, and I mean, this should have been this should have been sorted last Sunday, you know. Um, it's dragged on and it's dragged on, and it's just you're right. You know, I think the the soundings coming out of Kilmacud is that they'd rather hand the cup back than play the game again, which you know leaves us and and Glenn don't want to accept a trophy uh, in those circumstances. So it is. It's 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 just a mess. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, people were kind of saying when they heard that it was going to be replayed, that it was the right decision. But I think it's going to drag on. You know, people are mentioning that it could go, you know, you know, up another level to, a, a, is it the DRA or so? Or I might have that wrong, but that it, it may go up another level to be decided. And that's, again, as Barry said, it's not clear on anybody. So it's it's just a mess the way it's been dragged on and, and it could go on even further now. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to see how that plays out. Um... 
Some more positive news. Kerry brought out a new away jersey there uh, during the week and it was very positively received by, by fans. I put a, a poll up on my Instagram page. 92% of supporters said that they like it, which is unusual for a new Kerry jersey. So well done to everyone involved there. Um, Barry John, what do you make of it? Will you be purchasing? Yeah, very nice, very nice. Um, similar to kind of a few of the training tops we had through the years, but I think, um, look, your kind of stronghold carry supporters probably want the green and gold, but um, if you want to sell, if you want to sell gear, like they're going, they're going with the right style and um, like, look, it's not Kerry's real colour, but I, I really liked it the weekend. Um, the keeper jersey was a bit different with a baby blue, I noticed. Uh, I'm not sure is that the jersey or is that a training top, but um, it was nice, it was nice. Unfortunately, when you don't win, I suppose they're going to be picking at everything. So, um, no, look, we'll get into that in a while. But I thought the kit was nice. I think Sean Bond would like that with a pair of tan legs, all right. <laughs> yeah, go nicely with your hair too, Barry. Uh, no, it's it's a it's a lovely kit, Adam. Really nice. Um, you know, I, I think obviously, look, the the GA has gone. It's I mean, it's just progressed so much in terms of you know. The brand now i hate using the word but i mean it is a brand and, and i mean you know you have to move with the times and um now the jersey announcements you know are just up there with what you'd see across the pond in the premier league you know it's and it was very well done i have to say by by o'neill's and the kerry ga store are really really good and it's it's a lovely kit yeah but as barry said i suppose it does draw a little bit more attention when you when you don't win in it but uh yeah let's see i'd like to see kerry in it again this season but it'll certainly be a good seller without a doubt were you big into your gear, Sean, when you were playing, when the new Kerry jersey came out? Were you very concerned about how it looked? Um, not really, no. I think, as Barry touched on there, you'd probably be more interested in what you were getting as part of your training gear, you know. Um, and in fairness, we were always well looked after. Um, you'd be excited about what, what kind of training gear you'd be getting, the tops, the shorts, that type of stuff. Um, and even your leisure gear, I suppose, for the day of the game, your polo shirt and your tracksuit, you know, and um, you were kind of keeping one eye on those. The jersey itself, you probably knew what was coming, but I suppose you still kept an eye out for the design and what was different. But uh, no, it didn't really bother me once uh, once you got an old free pair of boots as well. That 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 used to come in handy. But uh, uh, but as you know, all the gear I have, I don't know about you, Barry, but a lot of the gear I have now is gone. You would have given it away to family and friends. Um, even all Ireland jerseys, you know, that you would have worn are, are kind of. You know, a lot of mine are gone on to my my parents and my my sisters and brother. You know, so um, geez, if I had to go looking for a jersey now, it'd be fine. Or it'd be very difficult to find. I'm sure you're the same, uh, Barry Johnny. Uh, yeah, I've kept a few of them. I have a few, I suppose, that are swapped as well with through the years. But like mm. you said, they've been just been passed down. You could come in with a gear or a bag there. I remember during some of the national leagues or when this championship starts, you get another set like and. About two weeks in, you could be going looking for it, like tags still on, and it could be gone. You could see your uncle or someone or cousin with it on down in the local club. Then you're like, how did he get his hands on that? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. the body or someone saying, is there another extra, is there a medium there? It's got missing. But yeah. um, no, the gear, like you said, through the years, the gear was always good. And it got better nearly every year. Um, was it 17 or 18? Paul put his stamp on a, a jersey we wore up in, um, I think it was against Mayo. It was a bit of a gold one. It was, mm. it was class. I actually don't think we... We didn't get to wear them again in Champions, so we didn't get to keep one of them, I say, but that one would be nice now if you got our, your hands on it. Yeah, the gold one was a lovely one, yeah. Paul Gallivan's design, that was a really nice jersey, yeah. I know it had mixed views when it came out first, but it really it really grew on people. It was really, really cool, yeah. Were you told at certain times of the year that you could keep the jerseys after a match? Was it the end of the year? How did it work? Championship, I suppose. League, you probably just you used to give them back. Um, mm. We had old Vince there 
God rest his soul, he died a few years ago, but he was he was at the heart of it. And we want to be putting the fists up. We were trying to get a bit of gear out in the the league anyway, not a sneak in a jersey in the bag. I don't know if it was ever really said, but it was kind of probably it was in Sean's time as well and before his time. It was just a given that you make the championship panel, you're allowed to keep that uh, jersey. So as long as you go on in the championship, how many games you have, you could do five or six games, you could rack up five or six jerseys. Yeah, Vince oh. had a Vince had a gear room over in Austin Stack Park, Adam, and you you weren't getting in there for love nor money. Oh. I'd say there was, there was only one key, and Vince had it. And uh, Jesus, you you even if you got a peek in the door, I'd say you were lucky. But uh, you know, you'd ask Vince to go get you a pair of shorts or socks, you know, and he nearly wouldn't leave you go with him. <laughs> you know, he'd go and get them himself for fear that you'd get into the gear room and and, and grab something. But yeah, Vince was a great guy. But yeah, very spot on. It was. It was a kind of an unwritten rule, really, that league was a no-no. You give your jersey back after every game, but once championship came in, you could swap or hang on to it or whatever, whatever it may be. Very good. So that away jersey, it's on pre-sale now. I'm sure it'll do very well when it comes out on Friday. I'd say Luke Quinn will be a busy man inside in the Kerry GA store uh, come Friday morning. But um, listen, another thing that Kerry fans will be looking out for this week is Aidan O'Man, his Laker Gale. It's on Thursday night on TG Carr. It's a great series. I'm sure you're both fans of it. Just from your own time playing with Aidan, Sean, he's always described as a warrior and as a competitor, which he was. But was there more to his game than that? Absolutely. And I think, you know, from the few clips I've seen of the programme coming out for, on Thursday, um, you know, a lot of the, 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 the sound bites out of it is that, of course, he was. He brought that all that to the table. But what a footballer. I mean, geez, a, great, a very, very skillful player and a guy that really worked in his game at him in terms of his skills. He probably, I played Kerry Minor with him. He came on my, the, the 98 minor panel pretty late. Um, and, and I suppose that even that's even indicative of him. He didn't make it at the start and he kept working, kept working, you know, kept in the selectors' uh, rear view mirror and finally made the panel for the All-Ireland semi-final against Leash, Wogan Crow Park. You know, and I think it was a true stamp of him really. And he carried that through his career then that he was, you know, maybe always a little bit of an underdog and had that little bit of a chip in his shoulder and wanted to prove a point. And, he did play on that, of course he did, and he used it as motivation, but geez, he was a great footballer. I mean, always a great man to drive up the field and get a score. He was an excellent kick passer. And then, of course, he brought all that, the warrior mentality and the toughness and, you know, that little bit of divilment that, you know, you have out in Ratmore, you know, that you're, you're, uh, he, he brought with him uh, to, to, to every Kerry team he played on. So, um, absolutely, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I think he really delves into a lot of the stuff that went on off the pitch as well, which, you know, maybe people know, a lot of people might know what went on with Aiden. And uh, I think that's, he was, you know, it's good for him too to, I suppose, reveal that side of his character. Yeah, like to, to open up about mental health like that, it's not very common within sporting circles and within the GEA, certainly not, you know, up until relatively recently. Barry John, have you noticed during, we'll say during your playing career, you're still playing with your club, have dressing rooms changed and have attitudes towards things like depression and mental health, things like opening up? Has that changed during your time playing? Um, yeah, like Sean was saying there, I actually wasn't in the panel at the time. I say it was about 09 um, when that was happening and social media probably wasn't big. Um, the stigma, I say, is still there as in people are still going to be trying to open it up and things, but I think social media has really pushed it on and more of our bigger ambassadors kind of maybe have come out with things and that helps. So, like like I said, it's still there, but I think with people coming out, it kind of giving other people that are maybe a bit quieter an opportunity to open up, and sure, that's the only way we can go forward, probably, like, is because if you're staying quiet, it's probably not going to be solved, like. 
I don't, I don't know if you saw it, um, the video with Graham O'Sullivan and Sean O'Shea after the All-Ireland. They went for a walk. It was part, it was, it was Joe that I, I think arranged it. Um, they went for a walk and, and kind of chatted about their feelings. Graham chatted about um, getting a panic attack the week before the All-Ireland final. I mean, two players doing something like that would have been unheard of 10 or 20 years ago. Mm, absolutely, yeah. It's a great point that... You know, I th- I think you should always have, you know, we all have a core group of friends and really close friends. You know, you might you might be closer to maybe one or two of them than you are to the rest, but you do, you know, everyone has that little cohort of friends. And I think it's very important that at least once a week you ring one of those friends, you know, just, just even if it's just, you know, shooting the breeze for two or three minutes on the phone, you mightn't get to see each other every day or every maybe once every week or a couple of weeks, especially guys with kids and young families and work commitments. But Try and pick up the phone and, and call a guy um, and just, you know, as I say, it could be chatting about anything at all, but you never know that person that you call might be delighted with the phone call or if it's you trying to get something off your chest, you're better again. Barry, I don't know about your dressing room. I'm still playing with Cremon, um, but I, I really see that the younger guys, you know, I'd be worried about younger fellas these days. Um you know, social media is fantastic and it has a lot of positives. But the one negative for me is that, you know, guys are constantly in their phone and they've nearly lost that art of conversation and even kind of nearly even looking you in the eye. Do you, do you find that, Barry, with the younger cohort? Obviously, in rallies, I, I, I certainly find it back here that the younger lads are lovely guys and everything. But you worry that they're very, very guarded and, and not, a, not able to maybe even, you know, have that strength in communication. I don't know. Do you, do you find that? Yeah, I suppose I'm... I'm around, well, you're around longer than me, club level, but at, at club level, you'd see it, but you'd probably, I've never been probably that kind of type of person at all, kind of bubbly and just trying to get on with things. So I think I'd know knack, if I did see it, that you'd have to make them feel welcome. And mm. some of them are very awkward, of course, but like if you keep picking away at them, you'll get, you kind of get them into the into that thing. And I think that's why the club is massive. Like Kerry is brilliant, of course, don't get me wrong, but the club, there's always someone linked to someone you know from if it's a father or mother or cousin or uncle so you kind of feel more comfortable that you can go and just hop it off and everything all right college wise whatever and then they open up they open up but sure it's kind of easier to see and you're right with the phone social media is brilliant but it it can harm in many ways as well mm. so so what we what you try to do is if, if you're in training right like we don't do it but you're trying to say leave the phones in the car whatever massive thing for us this year and the last year was shower after, have a bit of crack, we get soup and sandwiches, talk away for half an hour, don't be rushing out the gate. Yeah. Because even if there is nothing wrong with you, you're still you're and you're gone. But even if there is something you just sit down, you wouldn't you wouldn't know if there was five of you there and the last two that were finishing up, some fella might open up and just hop something off you and that's solving the problem half the problem then they open up to someone. So small little things I can see where you're coming from, but there's ways and ways around it as well to be just nipping at fellas. Yeah, that's that might sound like a small thing, uh, getting together after training and having a shower and a bit of banter in the dressing room after. But it's it could be you know it's a, it could be a huge thing for a guy who maybe wants to get something off his chest, you know. Um, and I think there's an awful lot of pressure on young people these days. You know, I mean, I'm not on it now, but the, you know, you'd flick on Instagram there and you know, things like that. And they nearly, you know, they're trying to, you know, keep up with the Joneses as such, you know, they're trying to always meet these standards that they're seeing on on things like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and so on. And for most people, it's fine. They can accept it and live their own lives and have a very, you know, that their own, their own path in life and their own mentality. But a lot of people are always trying to live up to those pressures. And, and I think for young people, especially nowadays, it's, it's difficult. So the opportunity to talk to friends or, 
you know, even the older guys on the panels, you know, um, make themselves available to get to know the young lad. As you quite rightly said there, Barry, it could go a long way to helping a young guy or girl, you know, um, get get something off their chest and, and take a bit of that pressure away, you know. On the pitch, Barry John, if we can just touch on Ed Matty again, and on the training pitch even, what was he like to 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 play against, or did you do you ever mark him in training? I've well, had a few bust ups to him, all right. Very training or um, no. To be fair, he'd be similar to me. What happens on the field kind of stays on the field, and um, he's just a warrior. Even to like three or four years ago, we played against him in championship. But I actually, if I can get it, you, I'll get you after the funny clip of two of us going at it. I think it was a club championship game. It could be county championship, but he was just oh, like. He was one of them players you hate playing against, but you'd love if he was playing with you, if that makes sense. Um, he just gave it everything. He never could he could never give in that like age was anything to him. Like 38, he still thinks he was 20, he wanted to be the head of the runs. I remember when like <clears throat> 2016 was his last year, he was yeah, he's 10 years of me. I think he was 36, and Mark Gaucher would be doing similar, he would have been 36. But little niggles there where you'd be saying just take the, take it off there there's only 20 minutes left like they'd be just looking for strap that up there and I'll go again like they just did not want to give in and I suppose that's probably dying away a little bit Sean you probably see look Sean's probably still playing but at club level like a lot of the county players did kind of pack it in early on they might give two or three years after they were with the their the Kerry set up but um, like just like Tomas Tomas played in All-Ireland final at 39 with Nemo that probably when you get man the match against Slot Neal in the semi-final um, so some fellas just have that hunger and Aiden, that group, that core just, I don't know, like he, I know he retired now and probably better off retiring on a high when they won the Ireland, but that fella's in as good as Nick because there's a few young fellas around him at 23, 24, like, you know, the pace might be a little bit gone, but the head, the head is still there and you can't, you can't buy the aggression and the, the work rate he puts in. Yeah, he played with us there for Athletic um, in soccer a couple of years ago. And uh, he just came in for a season. He was great. You know, he's great to have around. So professional. But um, we were playing a match back in Fiend. I reckon it was his first game playing with us. And he was the oldest fella, oldest fella in the team by, by a few years. And uh, we're getting tied off in here in these steel containers back in Fiend. Like it was, it's a far, far cry from Crow Park. But uh, next thing you know, your man takes the top off. And his fellas didn't know where to look. He's like, he's absolutely shredded. The fellas were embarrassed to take their top off next to him. Like, and, you know, 10 years, o- 10 years older than fellas and just... I don't know how, like, he, he just, just must be so dedicated to, to staying in shape. It's remarkable, Sean. Yeah, he, unbelievable. And uh, obviously, look, I suppose he started up his own, um, his own health, um, sorry, his own fitness um, website and, and as well, which was, uh, you know, obviously a great focus for him, you know, um, especially when he left, uh, you know, the inter-county scene, you know, it can be difficult for players to leave that kind of intensity and that bubble and then just to go to nothing. So he kept him in, it kept him uh, connected and, you know, he he obviously was able to look after the body then and he was still playing away with Ratmore. I know he's probably stepped away now after this year and went out after winning the Intermediate, but uh, keeps himself in, in great shape. Actually, I was at the cinema in Killarney last weekend with the, the young one of the young lads and uh, I saw him on the other side of the street and um, didn't get to didn't get to say hello to him. But even looking at him walking down the street, he's still in, in impeccable shape, you know. Um, would have prided himself on that, you know. So, uh, yeah privileged to play alongside him so many times as Barry was and a great guy on and off the pitch and just uh, really looking forward to watching his Laker Gale now on Thursday night is well deserved So listen I want to mention the Kerry ladies they've had a great start to the National League they're back in Division 1 for the first time in a while 
They won their first game away to Waterford, uh, a very tight win up there. They beat Mayo last weekend by a point as well. They, ha- they hung on there. Mayo scored the last five points, but Kerry, Kerry hung on thanks to goals from Sheaf Roche, uh, Lorraine Scanlon and Louise Niverhurtig. You'll obviously know Declan Quill from Rahley's. They're doing an unbelievable job, like getting the team to the All-Ireland final last year um, and doing so well so far in Division 1. What type of guy is Declan and, you know, does it surprise you at all that he's been successful uh, as a coach? Um, I suppose, I, like I, I know Dara, Dara Longwell too, and the two of them were kind of joined to the hip in, um, in that. Um, like last year's run was massive for them. I know they probably fell up short, but just for women's football, for Kerry in general, was huge. Um, Two lover, two massive lovers of their club, like Declan being a massive Kerns Rasley man, uh, Darlong be black as you get stacks, man. So like if they were getting involved with something, they'd they'd be giving up the 110%. Um like some people probably say they got maybe a bit of luck last year and got to the final, but they backed it up in the last two games. It was funny, I was actually in our clubhouse doing a few bits. Um game it was the game Saturday and uh the TV was on, I just had a look at it and I was like 29 minutes gone, nil all. I said there was an old fella having a pint there. I goes, "Geez, that that game must be absolutely septic," and he and he was like, "Yeah, it's it's not great." And then I just clicked. I goes, "This there's only a minute gone. The clock is going the other way." So <laughs> 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 I seen bits uh, and pieces, and I seen the end then of it showed all the the um the main goals and the points. But they hung on in it. They hung on. That was the main thing. Like, and I thought I seen the last two or three minutes. And to be fair to them, they actually held the ball. You'll be proud of a senior football team or even a county team just to see it out. Dublin were brilliant at a years ago and they just they're nice and composed and calm and maybe a few years ago when you watched a few games the odd time you might get that kick and you're being turned over and you're giving, you're giving the team a chance similar to the Mayo and Galway game the last day my man they won the turnover and he kicked it out and I don't know was just in the right place and got a score so that maybe from the run last year built confidence and built these little few little tweaks so um, hopefully they can keep that up Sean it's great to see the ladies doing well they had some tough years there you know they're waiting a long time to get back to an All-Ireland final so, so it's really great to see them back competing where they are again Brilliant Adam yeah I actually had two years with the ladies myself I was uh, with Alan O'Neill when he was in charge and um, I know obviously there's been a big turnover of, of girls since but uh, there's still a few involved that I was lucky enough to coach uh, Louise Nimmerhartig obviously Lorraine Scanlon Lorraine was fantastic the other day I mean you talk about we spoke about Aidan O'Mahony and his longevity Lorraine is still buzzing up and down that pitch like, you know, and she has a lot of years with the Kerry ladies under her belt. Um, scored a cracking goal the other day and, and ended up getting getting a player of the game. So he, De- Declan and Dara have a real good core group of girls there now. Uh, but they have a good mix of experience and youth and they seem to be blending it nicely together. Getting to the All-Ireland final last year will have brought them on in leaps and bounds. And to start in Division 1 with two difficult away games and come out with four points is fantastic. And their, their character-building wins, aren't they, Barry? Because they, they had to grind it out above against Waterford by a point. And yes, they had a lead going down the stretch against Mayo, but came under the cosh, but still managed to get over the line. So they've won by a point uh, back-to-back, but they've won two games in two very different ways. And that can only bode well for the future. I'm sure the two lads are delighted with them, yeah. Yeah, best of luck to the girls. They're playing uh, Donegal on Saturday in Aston Stack Park at 12 o'clock, so hopefully they get a big crowd back at that. Look, we'll move on to the, to the men's team, uh, the Donegal game on Sunday. It's a tough one to talk about in, in some ways because there was a lot to like about parts of the first half. Things seemed to be going very well, but then they faded very badly. Obviously, they only scored three points in the final 46 minutes, I think it was. Barry John, can you put your finger on what went wrong for Kerry the last day? 
Um, yeah, I watched it. I watched. I watched it live. I just thought nah, they started well. Um, not giving out, but the, the TV didn't help in, in in ways, and it was blurry and coming in and out. But um, I thought their work rate was brilliant. Um, thought the turnovers, big turnovers, led to big scores. Um, thought the Niall were a bit off it maybe in the first half. I know Kerry, like I thought, Dara Roach was very good in the first half. Um, Dara Minahan had a massive turnover for that goal, but for Kerry being so dominant. If you took away the goal, it would have been probably would have been six five going in at half time. Was it something similar to that? Then the second half, it must have been the kicking goals because Donegal came out firing in the the second half. Um, Kerry had their purple patch where they had two or three chances. I think Killing Slam might have had two. Um, someone else had a shot that could have probably seen them out. One or two points in a game like that up there was was is going to be very important, and I think. It just came down to the last five minutes then and the wing back who made his debut, who he kicked his third point and I think that just gave him that little bit of a an edge and then they got a score back so it was going into a draw and Paddy McBurty, I could even see it when he got it. All I was saying was show him. I know it's easier said than done but show him the line because all he wanted to do was come back into the lift, get that hand pass off a bit of a screen, get anywhere near that B and you're going to back him nine, out, nine times out of ten and he's done that in the past where he's been very quiet. I thought he was quiet the last day. He did it in um. It might have been an Ulster semi final or final a few years back. He wasn't getting a touch off Christy McGuigan and or Christy McHague, and he just got one ball at the end over the bar, and that was the game. Like so, for a forward there, you can just see how mentally strong he is. He wasn't in the game. He was patient, and he only needs to live off a few scraps, and that probably comes with experience as well. Sean, did Kerry fade away a bit? Like, is it a conditioning issue? Jack O'Connor mentioned before before the game that. They were going to have to train through the league and maybe that they wouldn't be able to or they wouldn't have the same conditioning levels as they did at the start of last year. Um, do you think that's what happened? Yeah, a little bit. Um, and I think Jack does kind of do that. Um, and as he referred to, look, I suppose it was different to last year where he was getting them kind of fresh and, and you know, coming off the back of, a, of, a, of a, a long year last year between winning all they could have possibly won. Um, and obviously going on their holiday and so on, he 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 does see that they're going to have to train hard through the league. Um, but in saying that, you know, I suppose it it probably was disappointing to to see them fade. Um, you know, I think Barry hit the nail on the head. We had okay, Donegal came out to start the second half and really hit their purple patch, but we were still well in it. And from around the fifty-five minute mark on, we had a little bit of a purple patch and we had poor misses, especially from the likes of you, as you said. Killian now would have been disappointed with a few of his efforts. Pa Warren had a great chance, you know. They would have been crucial scores for us at that period of the game. Going down into the last 10 minutes, it would have just edged our noses in front. And it's amazing if he would got into that winning position that we could have pushed on, you know. Um, but yeah, look, I, I, it, it, of course, we're disappointed to lose. We probably deserved a draw, but it would just been a great one to win um, considering the conditions away up in Belly Buffet. Um, it would have been a great two points coming down the road and it would have set you up nicely for, for Monaghan at the weekend. But um, it wasn't to be. We had some good performances. I mean, we did have some good performances. I thought our approach play was decent into our final, into the Donegal final third, but there was just a lot of times where we left scores after us. Um, and, you know, on a day like it was, they, every time we got in there, we needed to be making a count. And the, the lads would have been disappointed with some of their attempts. Like, Dara Roach had a super game, really, really good game. I have to say now, you know, he really showed well, which even his first mark, you know, that 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 mark he had, the the the, the kick of goals, you know, he would have been disappointed with that. But look, we can nitpick all we want. It was, it was their first day out. There's a lot to be positive about. I thought their tackling was really, really good. Um, as Barry, as Barry touched on, I thought they worked really, really hard. 
especially around the middle of the field. Um, Darren Wynan especially. But uh, look, not to be, and they just have to get their heads up now again for, for Monaghan. We spoke about the, the midfield and uh, maybe it being an area of concern for Kerry with David Moore and retiring and Dermot O'Connor being out, Joe O'Connor being out. Sean, how did you feel that Barry Dan O'Sullivan did when he came in? I thought Barry did okay. I mean, he didn't set the world alight, but I thought he, he, you know, he got through a lot of work. He, 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 he got back and tackled hard when he needed to. Um, you know, would we like to see more of him maybe from an offensive point of view, possibly? But again, we don't know what Barry Dan is being told from, from Jack and the management. We, he might be told to sit back and protect. I know Ty Morley likes to go back and drop in front of his full back line, which he did. And Barry Dan probably just sits in and protects around the middle there, around the centre-back position. So I thought he did okay. I think he got back in the first half. Uh, he put pressure on one of the Donegal midfielders. Um, uh, sorry, he was in the second half, actually, started the second half. Um, you know, he got back and defended well. So he did okay. I think he's done enough to justify starting against Monaghan. You know, I think he'll get another day out. Um, but probably would like to see more of him, maybe from an offensive point of view. I thought Jack Barry did okay. He was seemed to be... <laughs> In the wars a bit, Jack, he was getting a lot of physical treatment from the Nigal midfield, which he's well able for. But uh, I thought, you know, considering there would have been a lot of spotlight on the midfield, I thought we did okay. Barry John, what about the forwards who came off the bench? Rory Murphy came on, he kicked a point. Uh, Donald Donald O'Sullivan came on, he fisted over a point. Um, Have they done enough to play themselves into contention? Yeah, I suppose in last week's podcast, we we mentioned Rory. Um, I thought... Look, he's going to be nervous. I, I, I thought he got a great score and it was funny after. I, no one knew at the time what Jack was giving out, but that, that point was very similar to one of the Donegal ones that Jack was trying to say wasn't a point. It, it, from a different angle, it, it didn't look like it snuck in, but he scored. He got on a bit of ball. Um, I, what, I, what I was pleased for Donald, Donald Down was actually he was taking on the men with the weather there and everything. And a few fellas were, they were probably getting past the man, but probably getting fouled, but he was actually breaking the tackle. Um, he went on one good run and he threw the left at it maybe the wind caught it but I suppose from a manager's point of view you're trying to get a fella first of all a forward wants to score or make some contribution and I think he went at fellas as well so like Sean knows if, if you're not doing that when you get the chance the jersey could be passed on to someone else to give him a, a go I think first game out you shouldn't be making much changes unless there's a few injuries Um like Barry Buffet is a long journey up, never mind all just to get the game up there. Um, the Monaghan one, the Monaghan one will be a tough one down here. Um, I think most fellas should get their second, their second day out, not much changes, and then go from there. If the subs come on and produce again, you can change things around. Then you touched on that point there, or that point that looked like a wide for Donegal. Um, I actually wrote last week before the match that we haven't really seen the spiky side of Jack O'Connor yet, because obviously last season went so well. Whenever I speak to players about, about Jack O'Connor and people who know him, they all have good time for him, but they always say that, you know, like you wouldn't get on the wrong side of him or, you know, he's a, he's a tough character. But like, I didn't see that at all last year. Whenever I was in the press cameras with him, you know, he was happy because I suppose he, everything was going, going well last season. But we saw a bit the last day about what happens when, when things don't go well for Kerry when Jack's manager. Sean, have you seen Jack get agitated like that before? Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, Adam. I think Jack has mellowed. Like, there's, there's definitely no doubt about it. He, he's, he's, you know, I mean, it's his third stint with Kerry. It's his third time round, and he's, he's seen a lot, a lot of football, and he's been involved with a lot, a lot of teams. And I'm sure, with age, he has mellowed, and he's probably trying to enjoy it that bit more this time round. Obviously, winning everything you can possibly win in your first season helps, of course. But uh, Jack, 
he is, of course, a spiky character when he needs to be. Um, and I think he uses that when he deals with players as well. I think he would use that. He knows where certain players would have needed um, that little bit of um, cajoling and maybe that little bit of a, 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 a tough attitude towards them. He knows the fellas that you need to put the shoulder around as well, of course. But yeah, in my dealings with Jack, I would have played under him twice with Kerry. You could see that he knew when he needed to to lay down the law, but he knew as well at times when he he was able to guy you know give guys that little bit of confidence. But he can use it. He can use that spikiness to get the best out of guys. In terms of the decision the last day, of course, look, he even referred to it after. You know that you know they they come all the way up in a Division One game, a really tight, intense match, first game of the year. You know, and it's probably cost them a point. Who knows? We hope not. But who knows how important that point might be at the end of the, the end of the league campaign for Kerry, you know? But on the flip side of that, I watched it back a couple of times now, even today, and Rory Murphy's point was debatable as well. So look, these things fall for you sometimes, other times they don't. But certainly um Jack was in the the linesman's ear when uh, when the decision was made to, to award that point to Donegal, and I'm sure he let the linesman know his feelings on it, definitely. You've, I'm sure you've 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 got a few uh, you few in the year from Jack down through the years, Barry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he he knows how to play the game. Like, and to be honest, I think most fellas at that standard, if you're coming into this carry setup, like I don't know, is there is there much room for cuddling? Like, it's it's going to be cutthroat. Like he, he tells you if you're useless or if, you, and he might give you a little the back for all right. But um, no, look, he's won everything. He's seen it all at schools level, underage level, seniors over and back. Like we said, he knows what's needed, and I wouldn't see, I wouldn't be surprised. Cause I don't know, I might be wrong here, but he he gave a bit of an old chop at whoever he was at. But some some old fella got an old fist pump as well after after his old chop. So maybe he was just putting down the law that a game could come that way again down the line in the league, and that hopefully it'll, it'll turn in his favour. I suppose as well when you're a manager of a, a big team. You have to play the game as well. If you know, if, if you lose a game, there are times when you have to make it clear that like we've been wronged here. Do you know? So maybe is there a kind of a little bit of, I'm not saying he's putting it on, but to make it clear that like you know, you know, we could have actually got a result from this game. You know, it wasn't all the players' fault. It wasn't you know the management's fault. It was you know a very fine margin that that kind of that that you know pushed Donegal over the line in some regards. Yeah, I think he. He referred to the point, of course, but look, he didn't make a huge deal about it either. He was just saying that that shouldn't be happening in a Division One game. You know, if if a linesman has a better view of the ball going over or not over a bar, um, or wide of a post, then why why isn't he you know being consulted or what, why isn't his decision, um, you know, uh, being taken on board by the referee and the umpires? You know, but at the same time, he didn't make a meal of it either, Jack. You know, he understood, look, we lost by a point. Of course, we could have got the other side of the result. We could have got a draw at least. And he probably did refer to the, the, the at least we deserved was a draw. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't li- I wouldn't have liked to have been quirky or, or deal with Murphy sitting next to him on the bus down. So I'll tell you that, I don't because <laughs> it was probably maybe only by Dublin, maybe he started to warm up a little bit, to be honest. But um, look, Jack, knowing him, he'll be back into training on Tuesday night with the lads and he'll be driving it, you know, driving it again and, and making sure that they're ready to go because, uh, you know, as I say, it does put a little bit of pressure now on the Monaghan game to get a result, but I think they'll thrive in that and Jack will thrive in that, getting them ready for it. Yeah, so it's Monaghan next up on Sunday. That game's at one thirty in the Fitzgerald Stadium. Barry John, is it over the top to call that a must-win game already? Ah, so look, every every game you probably need a result. As you've seen, 
as we've seen the weekend there, Roscommon had a big win over Tyrone. Um, so like there's going to be some of them results that are going to favour other teams. So you could be, you do, the last thing you want to be doing is not getting your own results and then waiting on other results. So look, the Monning game is going to be big. And the game, the Monning game is going to be big for Monning too. They, 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 they have no points either after losing to Armagh the weekend. Um, I watched I watched bits of that game. I actually found that game, Armagh, we actually called Armagh, no, we might be going back to next week saying they're after losing, but a good start by them. Um, Monaghan are always going to be, they're, you're never going to hammer Monaghan. They're always going to be set up. They're always going to, be, to back themselves. They're missing a few now. Jack McCarron going off the last day isn't mm. going to help. Um, I'm not sure how far Conor McManus is off. Like They're two of their main forwards. So um, their game, their style kind of changes a bit. They try to catch on the counter-attack when them two boys aren't there. So I say from their perspective, the sooner they get back a few of their main forwards, the better of a chance they're going to be competing. Um, Kerry, Kerry many coming in back in for next week. Squad, what that was there. There was no one really on the bench. That you'd say, geez, they, they might throw him in now next weekend. That's been a regular. So you're probably going to be seeing the same squad and team. So it, it's hard to tell. We'll only know after three or four games when teams... Fully get their full uh, full panel. What what way you play the approach games? Some of those guys are injured, like Sean O'Shea, Stephen O'Brien, uh, Paul Ganey, Gavin White, obviously as well. But in terms of the guys who are resting, um, the two Cliffords will say and Shane Ryan. Sean, is there a temptation there to kind of rush them back in, or do you think he'll he'll play it safe and hold them off until maybe the Mayo game? Yeah, no, I, I, I can't see any of those guys coming back in for for Sunday, Adam. I think they'll 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 get their couple of weeks off and and they need us. No, I, I, I wouldn't see Jack being tempted at all to bring those back in. Um, I think he'll have seen enough out of guys um from Donegal to as Barry said earlier to give them a rattle again at it. I don't think anybody, you know, played particularly poorly. You know, um, the guys that came on have they done enough to start? Possibly, maybe Donald Downs has probably put his hand up, maybe to squeeze in at wing forward. Maybe um, I'd be given this the other five forwards another cut of this. Has did Rory Murphy do enough? Maybe not. Can't see him changing the backs. I thought the backs played quite well. Um, so no, I, I can't see many changes to the to the team or the panel um, for the next day. I think you'll he'll he'll go with the same. To be honest with you, and I can't see those guys that are getting their time off being being rushed back in just because they lost their first game. Um, mm. Yeah, Barry's right. Monaghan are always tough to break down. They'll, they'll, they'll come to Killarney full of confidence, even though, as he said, you know, they're down. McCarran now, by the looks of it, with a hamstring injury. No McManus, even though we don't know how far he's off. Darren Hughes is also out. I know Ryan McInespy has gone away travelling for the year. He's a big loss as well. But they yeah. still had some good performers against Armagh. You know, uh, Conor McCarthy is still there. He ended up with 1-2. They have a Stephen O'Hanlon wing forward. Michael Bennigan on the 40. Yeah, O'Hanlon's good, isn't he? Yeah. And he was um, very lively. Very yeah, lively. a good player. Bennigan there on the 40 is decent. So Kerry will have their homework done on them and they'll know they're in for a good test, which you'd, you'd expect with home venue. And Kerry just maybe with that good, tough game under their belt from Sunday and a good week's training, you'd, ex- you'd expect them to, to win. And, and I'd, see, I'd see the same team or close enough to it being selected for the weekend, Adam, anyway. Barry John, what areas will they need to improve on to get that result against Monaghan, do you think? Um, from from midfield, I I know the weather's poor, but Greg Horn came on there for 10 minutes and he, I know it wasn't maybe in any danger areas, but he kind of just threw the shackles off and said, I'm going through one or two of you here. I think we were a bit over and back. I think Jack Barry needs to get back to when he came in in 17, just 
popping a ball and going again and just going through the middle. Um, in the forward line, then I suppose you, you see how crucial Slipper and Shawnee are for freeze. We could have missed four or five frees that um, I know they're, they're tough kicks, but the, the boys make them look so easy. Um, I think, look, they're going to be disappointed. They're all to three from play. You'll take that any day in, in January. Um, the killing get one, and I don't think Tony's scored. Like, so you'd want to probably be facilitating six points between the three of them, whichever way it, it is um, from play. Um, they need to be getting up to one twelve, one thirteen to be kind of winning one, uh, winning a league game. The last day of finishing on was a one nine. Mm-hmm. Probably you or not, you probably need more than that. Um, the goal, do we get much goal chances like Darren Minan's goal? Great turnover by him, and he's an unbelievable tackler for a small fella. And nice clean tackling. So if you took that out of it, there wasn't there wasn't many other goal chances. I suppose you want to be you want to be creating two or three a game anyway. Never mind not scoring them, but just creating them. So I say just did the forward play just wants to clean up. I thought there was a few lovely scores in the first half. Um, full forward line were very unselfish at times, getting passes into the better better player in the better position. Um, so if they if they brought the, if they brought the first half to maybe even get twenty minutes twenty five minutes of that in the second half, I think they would have had enough the last day. But they just kind of as 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 Sean knows, if you can get in a you can get in a route where you get three or four on the trot, no bother. But if they start missing, it can go the other way. Mm. So being controlled to know, all right, lads, we haven't scored in ten minutes. We probably need someone maybe like Donald Downs. They'd come on and just get fouled, get us a free, and just get mm. us, let us get set back up again. When you're not mm. killing the ball, it's giving those teams the likes of Dunning the Monaghan's who like running a momentum and you're after working so hard to get it up and it's been turned over or sharp that you're going all the way back again and it could be someone with energy for the opposition that is waiting and it could be on a four on three then you could see the last day Monaghan, if the passes were better, they would have got goal chances. It was the last pass was ending up, they'd have to take the point, which was fine. But a better team there, you could see, was at um, Fenton's goal. Like He won the short kick out, worked it all the way up, they reset Got the ball into the corner and he just came off the shoulder. Perfect hand pass, free shot, goal. Makes it look so easy and it isn't, but the good teams do that. Yeah. What I think too, Adam, is that Jack will probably say that that carry forward line probably haven't played together before. Like if you, you know, you go back, those six forwards will want to get to know each other. So he'll probably say to himself, look, I'll give him another crack at it the next day and see can they get a little bit more combination. Because Barry's right. There was instances in that first half where their movement was excellent and they let the slip passes and guys coming on the loop. You know, I think Killian Spillane's point was a perfect example. You know, just lovely fast hands slipped, lovely angle run by Killian and over the bar. So I think he'll probably say that, look, I can't judge them on one day out. I'm going to give them another crack the next day and see how they get on. I did a poll last week for the Clarity Advertiser. I asked Kerry supporters um, their thoughts before the season started. I asked them to pick the opposition team that they were most worried about in 2023. And 78% of them said Dublin. Sean, do you think that's, um, would you echo those sentiments? Do you think Dublin are going to be a force to be reckoned with this season? Yeah, I, I would see them as as a as a big contender to carry. Of course they are. Um, I know they're playing down in Division 2, but come championship time, I don't think that'll make a big difference. What I would say, though, is, you know, with everyone seems to be kind of zoning in on the the uh, the return of Paul Mannion and, and McCaffrey, um, which is great to have those two players back in the fold. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be, you know, thinking that they're just going to completely change Dublin. I mean, Dublin were ordinary enough now the last night, I have to say. And look, don't get me wrong, first game out, of course. And they, they probably don't have a lot of work done similar to, to all the other counties. And the summer will be different. But 
you know, the two boys seem to be getting a lot of attention that they're just all of a sudden going to flick a switch and Dublin are going to be back to what we saw for the last six years, you know, before Kerry, uh, sorry, Tyrone and Kerry broke, broke, the, broke the, the, their dominance, you know. I don't think it's going to be that easy. It's not going to work like that. Dublin still, they didn't play well at all last year, I thought, you know. Um, they weren't far either. With it, like, they like, weren't, yeah. Time, but Con, you're going to, like Con was missing that the like you said, we don't know what, what Mannion and McCaffrey are going to bring, but the last night, who did they not have that wasn't there? There was John Small, um, Howard, McCarthy. Yeah. yeah. Five players there that if you went up the middle with them, you're getting the so-called players that are getting their chance. Like, there was a few pot shots you could see and the main fellas were kind of looking and they had the hand up straight away saying, geez, all right, we're not supposed yeah. to be doing yeah, That's yeah. Not. When they have the full 15, they're going to be more fluent. They're going to be... They're just going to be more like Dublin, more in the past. But that that's 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 for Kerry to bring it in. They beat them. But can they back it up now when Dublin have a full team, they'll be saying. So it's very interesting. Sean, you tipped Mayo for Division 1 this year. Were you impressed by them? And are they a different team with the likes of Ryan O'Donoghue back in the full forward line? Yeah, he's a big addition, obviously. For me, he's still, I think he still needs to show consistency. I know he said he's injury problems, but and he's a big, big, uh, they've big hopes for him in Mayo. And he's, yeah, he's, he's, he is obviously a very good and talented forward. I just think he needs to show, he needs to show it now in, in bigger games, which will obviously come later in the year. But he's made a good start. I thought he was good the last night. I really did. Um, it's still hard to see, has anything changed with Mayo? You know, I know Max Stay has gone in there and obviously Rochford and they're trying to bring a new style. But again, it was just, it was pure madness again last night. You know, it was just typical Mayo. Like they're, they're great fun. Maybe not for their own supporters, but they're great fun for everyone else watching it because uh, it just, when you saw Ryan, I don't know who getting that chance to kick it over the bar for the draw for you just knew what was going to happen. Um, but I mean, they just, they, they have the players. They have the players. I know up front has been their issue for such such a long time. But I just feel that the reason I've tipped them for the league is because I just think that, you know, with the new management in, a lot of them will be trying to get their hands on the jersey for the championship. And, you know, with the likes of Odunahu, Barry mentioned, Conroy to come back, Killian O'Connor still knocking about, Aidan Shea came on the last night. Um, you know, and, and, and uh, they... they and they find that winning formula up front. That's their big, their, their, their big issue. I know Lee Keegan is obviously a big loss. He's gone with Paddy Durkin is to come back in. Ruan's a fine player in the middle of the field. Um, so I, I tip them for the league because I just think they, they're, they're just, they're, there's a new bounce up there with the new management and they'll be trying to, to impress. But um, I think the last night they played well. Probably, you know, Galway could have probably seen it out and probably should have seen it out. You know, even that ball that fell to Odunahu for the equaliser was just the ball kicked aimlessly out the field. You know, it was just get rid of it. Whereas an, a more accomplished maybe defender with a bit of a camera head would have held this, maybe even drawn a free or slipped it and gone on the return and got the ball but out there. You could see why he probably got rid of it because the last two balls previous to that they came out with, they got turned over. Yeah. Got it for, it's easier said here looking looking back, but you, if you knew the clock and that was the last kick of the game and Ryan Odunahu's taking the last kick of the sideline, Mm. And he's going for it. Uh, I suppose you, if you're playing your game management there, are you just going to hoof it as far as you can rather than picking a fellow out? Yeah, maybe. But that's easier said than done. Um, no, I think I, I, I like Galway. They have a few missing, like I said as well. They have good players, lads. They have good players. I'm not mm. sure. Is, is that is my man Burke gone back in with them from um, Coral Finn? He wasn't there no last night, but there was someone was saying like he's a massive target man. He mightn't score a lot, but he's a link player that. 
will open up everything else for everyone. Shane Walsh, Homer coming off him. Um, Johnny Heaney's still going well enough, getting up, covering loads of ground. Um, is there anyone in the back line that they need to come back in? There might be one or two more. That Kelly was excellent. Sean Kelly was excellent, full back. Very good. Great goal. Fair to me to play. Um, no, I think, and to be fair to the goalie, he was under a bit of flack maybe after the Armagh game and the All-Ireland final, he might have had one or two, but I thought the last night, even when the pressure came on, he still was looking for them short kickouts like, and, and getting them. So, as I said, at club level, we were running on about our own club there. When you get as far as you can and you're not used to it, you are going to build confidence. You're going to learn from mistakes. And for all that squad, they're going to be, look, Padre Grice is going to draw a line under it. We were drawn with Kerry. Was there 66 minutes gone or 68 minutes gone? Uh, turnover we ran about that could have been a free out for Linsland tackling. And the game is kind of won there. So they know they're not that far away. Can they build on it is the, is the next thing. And they've no better man than Padre Grice to produce that and get that out of him if he can. Just a quick word on Tyrone. No, they obviously had a very bad year last year after winning the All-Ireland the year before. I thought they were going to have a good year and it's obviously very early days. They had a bad result against Roscommon, obviously, on opening night. Uh, your former teammate, Darren Sullivan, came out today. He said that he reckons Tyrone are going to get relegated. Sean, do you think that's going to happen? Jeez, Darren, yeah. <laughs> he, loves, he loves a headline, Darren, doesn't he? <laughs> poor, poor, old Darren, poor old Darren said that, that we were all doomed when... Um... The tip crowd beat uh, Nemo. Um, how would it call it? commercials, yeah. It's 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 over already, and he we, we he made up an old uh, WhatsApp group for myself, Tommy Welch, and David Moore, and um, saying best of luck. And was it was the quarter final we had to play it in, and uh, it went on and got to the final. Then there was a big old message in the WhatsApp group apologizing. I'm not going. I'm not going calling them games anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, um, you, you can see where he's coming from, but I thought Ross Common were very good the last day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought Roscommon were very good. I played them in the league and you'd, you'd get over them by the end of it, but they're a, queer, they're a queer bunch. I played with two or three of them in Boston and they can play and they mm-hmm. wouldn't have a on the shoulder, but they actually are ballers. I think if they could believe in themselves more that, right, they've won the Connacht, two Connacht maybe in the last five or six years mm-hmm. and then they maybe have got a tough draw on that Super 8. I just think if they got that break like the Galways have got last year, they might have the same firepower, but as a group collectively, there's a lot of good club players there that are the three or four brothers, the Dailies, the Martas. They, they are ballers. They can play. If they can strengthen up maybe the two or three they were carrying, that might have been the weaker players the last few years. They would, they could beat, they could shock someone when it came to championship. I wouldn't yeah. rule them up. Yeah, no, and they did a very good, um, your man, Bino Carroll, was he a corner forward? It was excellent the last day, yeah, very good. There was a glimpse of a bit of a half a Clifford in him. Yeah, was, yeah. Dummies and he was yeah. straight. I think Ender Smith just came on and changed the whole game. I know the game yeah. wasn't for them, but he's a massive player. In his day, he's unmarkable, to be fair to yeah. him. It's very it's hard to know, Adam, with Tyrone. I mean, they won their All Ireland, obviously. Um, and it's just seemed that they, they haven't been able to drive on. I don't know. I, I know I, I I read a bit of Darren's piece or heard, listened to a bit of it, and he was kind of saying that they have their medal in their pocket and is the hunger there. I mean, like you know, I mean, that should drive you on really to, to go and try and, you know, a good team wins one All-Ireland, the great team wins another one. You know, that's that's basically what they should be going at. And I mean, it's not like it's, you know, they have a good management, they have good players. They've obviously been showed in the last few years that they have good young fellas coming up through the Canavans and so on. So it's not like they don't have the raw materials. It's it's difficult to know, look at, from the outside, looking in what, what's going on there. Um, and it is early days in the league. I know, you know, they, they would have, 
probably been fancied to beat Roscommon. But as Barry said, Roscommon are a very good lead team. They are very, very good, you know, especially at home as well. So I'd hold judgment yet on Tyrone. Um, you can't write them off. You just can't. But certainly there's something going on there that we don't know about maybe, but they're, they're just not the team that they were a couple of years ago. Like individually though, Sean, that run where they beat Kerry, I know there was a bit of luck involved, I suppose. Kerry had their chances and they missed them, but they're a team that probably looking at the league, this is my own perspective, similar to Kerry, can we just stay up in the league? Mm. Then they're they're going to give the Ulster a serious rattle because most teams up the north anyway back themselves, they have a chip in the shoulder and I think the more games they get, even when they just come through the qualifiers, they use build and build and build and this whole chip in the shoulder, like I was saying, it actually works in their favour mm-hmm. and sometimes they think they're unbeaten and to be fair, like they were up 5-1 in, was it the 18 final against against Dublin? Um, missed a few chances that could have brought them to six or seven. And I remember then was a Morgan gave a shot, a kind of a zip kick out, and they get a goal. So that would have been gave Dublin the momentum again. But they are there about under day. Yeah, if they can get the qualifiers, they need a run. They need a good run of a few wins, and um, I think they'll be fine then. But that's up to themselves if they can get that momentum. Great stuff, Les. We're just about out of time. But before I let you go, I have a quick trivia question for you. It relates to Division 1, so can you tell me who the two longest-standing teams in Division 1 are? So the two teams who have been in Division 1 the longest. Kerry's won anyway. Kerry's won. Kerry have been there for a long time. They've been there since 2003. Yeah, and um, so Tyrone have definitely been down once. Mayo have gone down. Galway have gone down. Uh, what's Tyrone, left? Tyrone, has Tyrone gone down? Yeah, they went down. Did they, did they go down, definitely? The last time Tyrone went down, or the last time they came back up, was 2017. But that's not the answer. That, that's, yeah, that, yeah, that's not the answer. Donegal? Uh, no, Donegal last came up in 2020. Monaghan? Monaghan's the answer. Kerry's opponents on Sunday, yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? When was the last time Monaghan went down? Uh, well, they came back up in 2015, so they've been up now for this is their eighth year up. So um, it's amazing, isn't it? With all the big teams, that Manon are, are the second longest standing team in Division One. Yeah, and but I'd say they've had a few close escapes. Oh, very, close. very close, I'd say. Yeah, but the funny thing is, when Kerry around the time they Kerry won the All Ireland in 2014, I'd say he had a few seasons there where you were very close to to going down in the league. It would have been just barely like finishing set, finishing sixth, you know, to just staying up. I think I think we played Tyrone in fourteen up in Tyrone and did we did we get a draw out of it and Jesus we were we were thrilled that we that we stayed up whatever but I think there was was there a point or something in it that Donegal or there was a game that went our way it was only a point of difference from us we got the draw that kept us up but if if the team who I think Donegal were playing if they didn't win by a point and only had a draw we were actually going to qualify for the top four for the semi-finals or something it was madness yeah. that's what it yeah. was. So that's what I was saying the last day. The first two games are huge. You get a bit of momentum and you can kind of see where you're at then. You know? So time will tell. Time will tell. Listen, Les, thanks a million for joining me again. Enjoy the weekend. Obviously, best of luck to the two Kerry teams in action and uh, I'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, lads. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting the Kerry Football Podcast. Follow the link in the description to make a donation. 